Time in the saddle, Ryan O'Connor, Chris Willemster Jr. We're talking all things cycling. And uh, Chris, it's been an interesting uh, time since the last time we chatted. We've had the Dauphine the past weekend. Yeah, I know. It was a very exciting race with our own South African rider, Daryl Impey. Doing really well. Really well. I mean, even at the, the leader's jersey for a while. And then he won the green jersey. Nice. So everyone who's following cycling with interest, it was a great uh, just time for South African sport as we talk all things cycling, as we do every single week. Uh, this new podcasting will start off with this because this is something that I've noticed and something we haven't discussed over the past couple of podcasts, Chris, is um, we, we've spoken about the rules of the road, uh, about etiquette when it comes to driving on, on uh, tarred roads. One thing we haven't discussed in all the podcasts we've done so far is etiquette amongst cyclists. Uh, and it's not only cyclists, it's anyone who's active. Anyone who goes outdoors to go and train, what is the rule when you go past somebody? And I want to know. Um, I want to know from you what your rule is before I tell you what mine is, and then what this general cycling rule is when you're going past another cyclist. If you're out in the mountain trails, if you're on the road, do you greet or do you ignore them and pretend they are non-existent? What uh, do you do? I think the first rule is not uh, to call you a cheat if you come past an e-bike <laughs> which, <laughs> which, which we get every day yeah. but yeah no um, always greet I yeah. mean uh, even if you don't have to say hi just lift your hand mm. and it, it, yeah, it does actually kill you when you lift your hand and you greet someone and he just looks at you and he doesn't do anything back. It's oh, like, that's, that's, we, were, we were out a lot. We've had great weather in the Cape. And uh, uh, if you're tuning into this podcast or downloading it from anywhere around the world, uh, it's winter in the Western Cape. Well, it went in South Africa. And uh, we've, we've had a run of really good weather before rains are heading our way again. And uh, that clear weather has allowed us to go and get out in our mountain bikes. And I've noticed over the past two or three rides we've had going past other cyclists, in general, they're very friendly. But you do get the, the, the cyclist who just is... Are they in the zone, or do you think it's just a matter of being being absolutely rude that they don't ever greet back when you greet them? Or they're blind. I, I, I don't <laughs> know. They can't but, be blind. <laughs> but no, um, I think I can't think they're in a zone. I yeah. think it's just uh, I don't know you, and I'm not going to greet you. Yeah. Or, but it takes nothing just to lift your hand and and, and okay. Say, oh, so yeah. we'll pledge from Chris and my side. We'll pledge our uh, going forward. We do already, but we'll pledge Albert to greet every single runner and cyclist we go past, and we'd urge you to do the same. The basic etiquette is to acknowledge that the other person, whether you're going out for a run in the morning or you're going for a cycle, there's nothing better. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, the amount of energy you're releasing is not going to affect your riding or your run in any way. Be positive, be nice out there, and greet other runners or cyclists. You'll notice they should do the, back, the same back to you as well. It's a fantastic. And it's nice. It's nice to have mm. that camaraderie on, on the road as well. Um, I want to talk this week about something that I've become um, obsessed with in a good way, and that is to keeping track of my progress. I think it's very important if you're a, a beginner cyclist or if you're an advanced cyclist. Uh, advanced cyclist, if you're listening to this, you, you know already what, what, you know, uh, what I'm talking about and what I'm referring to. If you're beginning this journey of getting back to fitness, whether it's running or in our case with this podcast, it's cycling, it's the journey of tracking your progress from the very beginning. And you do that on a, with, a, with, a, with a number of ways. Uh, the most important, which I, I uh, subscribe to and certainly from Chris's side, is having a a device that monitors not only your heart rate, but the activity that you're doing. 
um, and that marketplace has become a, a, a hive of phenomenal products, but it gets no more phenomenal than Suntu and what they're doing at the moment. And to chat to us a little bit about the great product that they have is Martin. Martin, how's it? Hi there, Ryan. <laughs> Listen, you're, I mean, if I look at how that the tracking device, it's not just more than a tracking device, it's a lifestyle device has come on in the past couple of years and specifically around activity tracking and health tracking, it has been blown up. It really, the marketplace has seen uh, this huge need uh, for the latest devices and Suntu has been a, a market leader. Definitely. What I think people really require is that instant gratification. So as, fi- as soon as they finish their ride, they like to have it posted to platforms like Strava, like Discovery, etc., etc., so yeah. that they get the credit and um, it's almost it's only been done if it's been proven type of thing. And if you look at the journey with the, with the brand, I mean, the brand has always had been in the adventure space, first of all, for people that don't know the brand. It's been around for decades in that space. Uh, when it came to um, to being involved with climbing, uh, outdoor hiking, barometers, the, the list goes on. Soon to have always played in that space, and they've been dominant in, 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 that, in that level. of. So people know the brand from there. Now they're in a space where they're appealing to absolutely everyone. We talk about cyclists on this podcast, but they're runners, they're people that want to get out there that do a swim uh, that uh, at night when they go to sleep want to track what's happening with their heart overnight. It's something for everybody. Correct. Well, a lot of um, athletes and people at this level of exercise like to make sure that they don't become sick. Mm. So they want to record their recovery. And that's one of the most uh, informative things about Sunto, besides just the track and what it gives you as far as your GPS route and your speed and distance, it also gives you information regarding to your actual fitness level and how much you benefited from that exercise session. Mm. And it does that by means of just having a very easy little um, acronym known as personal training effect. Okay. So after each exercise, you can actually see what effect out of five it had to enhance in your fitness. And in turn, from then, you'd be able to see how much recovery you need to do. I'd say about four or five years ago, you'd find it hard to find a good-looking um, device that you could wear as an everyday piece. And what we're noticing now is they've almost become enough. I don't want to use the word fashion accessory, but they're so cool, you don't want to actually take it off. People that, uh, that buy the devices, and they're not paying uh, – it, it, it's, it's, it does – uh, other jobs outside of tracking just your your physical activities, it's monitoring your progress while you're off the bike, your recovery periods. People aren't taking their monitors off and going to, they're getting into their suits with their monitors on their arms. That's for sure. Yeah. Look, what's a nice added benefit as well is actually in the setup mode, you can change the look of your watch to analog or digital or to different looks and colors that you could literally be wearing a different watch each day, but it's the same watch. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the latest product in the top end stuff. It's the nine that's out. And I'm, I've been looking at that and I've been thinking to myself, this is this and it's, it's been positioned as almost indestructible. Wherever your life takes you, wherever your life takes you, that will accompany you. So the Sunto 9 is only going to be launched internationally on right. the 25th of June. Stunning. Um, but yes, it's been made for that serious athlete. The athlete, the, the slogan behind the Sunta 9 is it's built to last, not only for the athlete and his, his athletic demands, mm. but also from a construction point of view. Yeah. It has a crystal sapphire lens, so it's non-scratch. It's literally bomb-proof. And, um, yeah, as far as the intelligent battery design goes, they've really 
I think, come first to market with a watch that you could literally do 120 hours. It's unheard of. performance Until now, it's unheard of. Um, So there we go. So all our endurance cyclists that are listening going, well, listen, it's all good and well doing an uh, an epic. Uh, The one thing that I've got to lug with me is a charger if I've got a device that needs charging. Here's a great, great way for you to have a device that'll last an entire epic without you having to worry about um, finding a station nearby for you to plug it in and charge. Also, what I find quite interesting is the next step in the in that whole marketplace is not only the GPS angle it's how I love that Suntu are now looking at putting gyroscopes into the watch to pick up exactly your movements on a run because let's face it when we're mountain biking there's, there are occasions where, we, where there's a little bit of a, uh, a dip we go down a little single track that we lose maybe um, 5 or 10 meters in, 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 in uh, altitude we duck under a bush what, the, what these devices are now doing is they're picking up the movements and when we're moving when we're moving to avoid an obstacle when we're moving to kind of a, a step up on a pavement or down off a pavement, it's recording all this. And that is the future of our devices is, is when we go on, on a track one day, especially a track we've never been on before, Chris, we're going to have a device that's going to go caution. Up ahead, there's a drop, a, a, a five-meter drop, or look out for the overhanging branches in this specific area because of the fact that somebody else has been through, through that area with a device and they've actually marked it off. Uh, that is the future of, of where we're going. And since our pioneers, they've got that technology in the, in, the, in the pieces at the moment. They're picking up movement laterally um, with, with gyroscope, which is just, for me, it's just it's mind-blowing technology. So Sunto 9 calls it fused track. And in order to have enhanced battery life, you need to stop the GPS recording okay. for a longer time interval. And in order to still pick up the necessarily um, the route that you're on, the motion sensors in the watch do just that. And they're able to then pick up where you've been and sort of fuse it so you have an accurate recording of your speed and distance. Do you find people still buy the HR straps a lot or do they tend to skip on that now that they've got the, the heart rate from the wrist? Maybe you can explain that. So it's a good point. Um, a lot of more serious athletes don't want to rely on sometimes there may be erratic recording because of your wrist bumping up and down while you're mountain biking or obviously if you're needing to be at a certain threshold heart rate and you, there's no compromise, you want to know that you 100% accurate about that, um, then they would then pair a, an additional heart rate strap. And any of these watches with wrist recording can pair any heart rate strap, Bluetooth, to that Sunto device, and then obviously you'd have that benefit. I think a lot of women normally feels uncomfortable having the, the chest oh, strap. The, yeah, yeah. So. It's a valid point, but I love it. I love the multi-sensors on the back of it. It's, it's so comfortable. It fits flush with the wrist. I mean, you, uh, the ergonomics of the device, and that's something else. Uh, you feel a lot of people think, well, there's sensors underneath. It doesn't make it uncomfortable when I'm using the device. You won't even feel uh, what the device is doing when it's on your wrist. So, uh, wrist, so please, I mean, don't let that be a concern when you're going to look at a product thinking to yourself, well, it's got these sensors. Does it interfere or cut into my wrist or interfere or cause just kind of some irritation? It doesn't at all and having this device it, it, it makes it a lot easier to explain to others why that should be a purchase for them when you show them and you've opened up an app now to show us how easy it is for everything just to communicate with one another when you look at it you're going to go you, 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 it's kind of a no brainer it sells itself because you look at it and you go I need to know this this is so cool to see where and when I'm burning energy what the gradient is what my laps are what my kilometers it's just it, there's so much information at a fingertip when you, bu- when you buy the device. What I really like about the watch for my lifestyle is I do a lot of sports, including supping, and I go f- to a spinning class or I might go for a swim at the gym. And 
I always just need to have my watch on my wrist. I don't have to think about carrying a computer around and swapping it from bike to bike. Um, a lot of people do like a bike computer, which it's nice to be able to see your information right there up in front. But for me, while I'm doing the activity, I'm not that concerned. Yeah. I just need the information afterwards. Amazing. I, uh, I'm really, I'm so chuffed that you're, the, that, that you're, that you're joining us on this podcast because I think a lot of people um, uh, question uh, how, how it will help them if they're beginning a program or if they're an advanced um, um, uh, cyclist, they more than likely have the brand uh, and they want to know what's next for the brand. So it's nice to know uh, Suntu Innovating on the 25th is the global uh, launch of the product uh, being the Suntu uh, 9. Um, all the details are on your website. How can people get hold of you if they want to find out more? If they go to um, Suntu.com, they can see all the information. Perfect. Ultima are the, are the South African importers. Okay. Um, and literally, they'll be doing a launch early July. Stunning. Can't wait. Martin, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. Chris, let's talk a little bit about what's happening um, this weekend as we approach it. Another weekend of uh, rain in the Western Cape, I'm afraid. So if you're planning on getting out on your uh, mountain bike or road bike, we've got five days of rain. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It only clears up from next week, mid mid next week. Uh, But there are plenty of events around the country. Yeah, this weekend uh, is actually a lot of state races, funny enough. Um, we've got, uh, um, on Friday, we've got the Great Escape, which is a three-day one, a local one. Um, then also on Friday, we've got the Binky Rides Gravel Rate. That's uh, also a three-day gravel race, cyclocross race. And then uh, we've got the Catburg Quest in Eastern Cape. That's a two-day stage race. And then um, we've got the Napier Wine one, Ooh. which is... Uh, I, you know I love those wine yeah, ones. Yeah. And it's just around the corner. They've got four distances, a 55, a 45, a 30, and a 15. So, uh, 15, yeah. one five. A one five, yeah. Right, we'll do that one. Yeah, yeah, that one. We'll stop and stop and then drink a lot of wine on the route. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's it for this weekend. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Johannesburg, it looks great this weekend. Uh, you've got clear skies for the next two weeks. You've got uh, highs of about 20 degrees on Saturday and Sunday. It starts really cold, though, at about four, four five degrees in Johannesburg this weekend. Sure. That's cool. So, uh, you guys will sure. dress warm and get out there. And, uh, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks so much to, uh, to Martin again from Sintu. Uh, we can't wait to put all over social media the nines when they arrive in South Africa. Um, and looking forward to posting some PBs out in Strava. Uh, maybe a couple of crowns coming you on my way. Um, <laughs> people are so competitive in Strava. If you're in Strava and Chris and I have knocked you off there, it's only because more than likely we're on e-bikes. Um, we, sorry, sorry we, for that. We, we, we've, I've go in now because Strava now allows you to go in and change your exercise to say that you're actually on an e-bike. But a lot of people are so – I mean, a crown is it's – a, it's a lot of work that goes into a crown. If you don't know what I'm talking about, open up a Strava account and go and see. Um, for various segments of various routes, in actual fact, nearly every single route in the world has uh, some other kind of a Strava section um, attached to it. There are people that, that own or dominate a certain um, part of that route. And when they do, they get a crown. And to take a crown away from them, it, it's, it's, it, it's not – you've got to really work hard. And so Chris and I come along on our e-bikes, and we take crowns from people. But we quickly – we very quickly go back into Strava and let them know it's an e-bike. Because obviously, with the kind of times that you can set on an e-bike, um, it's ridiculously quick. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't for the snake yesterday, we would have had another crown. Huh? Uh, we did. We went past – and this is the other – and I, I want to just tell you, say hats off again to the gentleman who joined us. Um, we, were, we tried to flag somebody down to warn them. There was a, a huge mole snake um, out in the, on the one track we were doing this week. And uh, Chris and Ashford uh, kind of aggravated at first. He didn't even see it. He went mm-hmm. past it. Uh, and it reared up kind of a, to, to have a go when I uh, went past it and I, I stopped you. And it was in the middle. It was a beautiful day. It was basking in the single track. And um, I knew that the next cyclist coming down at speed would have gone over it and killed it. 
and we flagged him down and he was also just a nature lover but we said listen let's get the snake off the path because somebody else isn't going to see it and uh, and also mole snakes they're not po- they're not uh, uh, venomous you, you but sure they, it was a mole snake it was a mole snake but they bite and they're known for having vicious teeth they will cut a chunk at you, and that's how they kill the moles. Uh, mole snakes have got vicious bites. They just can't kill you. But I, I wouldn't chance it uh, against a mole snake, any snake, even a garden snake. I'll be five k's away before that thing tries to bite. But we cleared it out the way, and uh, just a huge thanks to that psychist helping us out because you and I were scaredy cats. We were going, yeah. hey, we were watching hey, it from an angle. Hey, you push it with a little stick. You shoot off the path. We'll hide behind you. If it bites, we'll phone Tigerberg Mountain Club, and we'll get them to airlift you. We actually, we actually pushed it and then moved across to the other side of the path <laughs> and down the single track. <laughs> uh, listen, thanks so much for downloading this podcast. Uh, we're uh, we're heading towards um, uh, some some more big, big guests coming away again. A huge thanks to uh, Suntu to Martin for popping in, and uh, yeah, I hope this was a great podcast for you. We'll chat uh, women's cycling and women's mountain biking. Uh, we've got Hanli uh, Boyan. That's right. Who yeah. is the uh, is she the current epic champion? She's uh, not the current, but she's a really well known, few times national champion. So um, yeah, she's a lot of experience behind her. All her history, all of her cycling coming up in the next podcast. Take care.